Her brother had an amazing sex tape. Very famous. Who's Ray J's sister? Oh my God! Who's Ray J's sister? <laughs> Yo, fat. He's serious. <laughs>
um, you know, yeah. writing various pieces of work. And then I think about Shopee mm-hmm. and, you know, all the things that Shopee does, you know, nine to five, writing all of these articles and, you know, yeah. all the research that he does as well outside of all of this stuff. Because Shopee doesn't just magically come up with this stuff. It comes from actual work he does like he yeah but he does it as a passion i don't think it's necessarily work for him like he'll research mm. artists and like do the history and like really look into people that he's really interested in and it's one of the things that i admire about him because he's really yeah. passionate about music just in general um but we do a lot and um burnout is something that i feel we should talk about in the beginning of this episode because it's something that happens quite a lot in especially in our generation in the content generation mm. um because you've got people who are multi-hyphenates and as a result of that they are just all over the place and mm-hmm. i kind of question what was it all for today like i was just yeah. like why like i do chill i do relax and there are some days where i'm just like in my bed watching youtube but the majority of my time is spent like making content whether it's not this podcast it's my other podcast or writing or it's like yeah it's weird and then i think about people who like push social media content as well i'm just like oh my god it's so much we're really doing a lot like yeah like marketing the articles and like all that kind of stuff it's just like i like even with this one one of the deadlines which i'll talk about when it's out and stuff like it's gone back and forth two times and that hasn't happened to me before and i just had to sit back and be like yeah you definitely took on too much this week Mm -hmm. like and it's impacting like one of them in terms of quality so it's just like yeah it's just it it's crazy so like all we do the marketing like the assets that you said you create the editing that you do the writing group before work i didn't even realize that you did it before work i knew you did a writing group but before it's like that is insane and then i know that writing in the morning hits different it does it definitely sets you up for your day but like back to back after like gym writing and then like it's just it it is a lot and i think in this decade in this era sorry we don't get time time is like something that's constantly on my mind like that i want more of it and Mm. i want more of it in my control and it's like it's it's just not there like 24 hours i know people used to say oh my god like 24 hours is definitely enough it's not like Mm. it it just isn't for what we do and to rest do what we want to do and then to chill you just sometimes you physically can't fit all of it in without sacrificing something and it's 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 a hard tension to kind of um reconcile with and and try to fix so Mm. so i completely get what you're saying in in how our group and and other content creators and and writers and multi-hyphenates and stuff just don't realize the sheer amount of volume of work yeah that that they actually do yeah Um, yeah yeah i think the question is like when is it too much like when is it a healthy amount Mm. that you are doing because um whenever i've met well, whenever I've met some people who listen to this podcast and they're usually people who write articles or like push content yeah. themselves. And I always just think to myself, like, I'm always intrigued in that process because for some people, like who are just starting out, a lot of the work is actually just sending emails to people and being like, can I write mm-hmm. this article about this? Like loads of proposals yeah. and then writing the article and then like trying to build a following mm-hmm. and, and growing. And I just kind of question like, when do you reach that point when it is too much like when is it grind versus like toxic work like toxic grinding yeah i would say that like for me this year and the end i'd say from like halfway through last year to now 
like I've barely pitched. Everything mm. that you see is getting sent to me. Like mm. even an LA publication, like last week, were like, "Hey, like, do you want to do this feature for our imprint?" And I'm just like, "Ah, oh, like it's great, it's great, it's amazing. Like honestly, it's great. Like the GQ pieces that you've seen, I've pitched in, and that's been from a great relationship over the years. But everything else is like, okay, player. Like I'm doing something for Elijah right now, and then there's more other stuff, and it's just like." it's it's just insane like mm. it really is insane and it's to the point where every time literally Eden every time I am like okay like the, the plate's clear like I'm chill <laughs> a label will come in can you do a biography or like another publication and I'm like I'm so grateful for it because I wish for days like this like yeah. honestly like two three years ago I wish for days like this but it's like oh like but what I have learned is your no is just as powerful as your yes and I know that that is mm. literally something that people waffle on about but honestly <laughs> I was worried about like leveraging relationships and severaging them oh my god I can't do this but there was a new publication that wanted me to write one of their cover stories and I was like I, I literally can't do it like mm. I can't like I just don't have the time and it's come out now and it looks amazing and all of that and you know they've engaged with me and like still followed me and like all of that and like still emailed me and stuff so I know that that relationship is still there for when I want to tap into it so People will respect your no and know that your plate's busy, but will want you to still do stuff in the future because they came to you for a reason. Yeah. Um, so it's like, honestly, just take your autonomy and say no. But to, mm. to answer your question, like, I'd say mid last year is when things just started to, it was a really healthy pace at the start. I was like, oh my God, yeah, commission, grab one, you know, like Sonic grabbing the rings, like, yeah, mm. like, cool, <laughs> da, da, da. like, and then it just got to the point where I'm like, I'm bloated from. And I don't want to wish myself those away, of course, mm -hmm. but it's just about being in this season, embracing it for what it is. You're in the room, you're in the center of the room now, but it's just about picking and choosing what's intentional, what's not, what's actually going to fulfill you and advance you versus what's some of what you've done before and which you can tap into a bit later. Mm -hmm. um, so balance, I would say, is key, but knowing that balance is, I guess, when you mentally tell yourself, this is this is too much and mm. then the time scales as well because if these people gave me like three four week league times cool like that's great like okay two to do in three weeks amazing three weeks you know a week and a half on both but two three four within the space of seven days wow which is what i'm on right now i didn't like, even know it was like due. that wow my deadline was friday and i got pitched last friday wow three like i'm just like yeah, like, it's definitely going to have to be all night as a not because I'm being lazy, but by choice yeah. like, to make this happen. And it's kind of like, <sighs> you you guys will understand when you realise what thing I was trying to get, like, mm. and analyse and stuff, you'll realise like, okay, okay, I understand. But next week, we'll, we'll talk about all three. We'll talk about all three. Yeah. But um, to the budding writers, please control your time. Mm. Like, and... I know you want to get onto every publication. You want to, I know, I know, I get it. I was there literally, so I'm not saying it from a place of vain, but I'm just saying, please, like, it's not all worth it because once you get your dream publication, you'll just want another one mm. and another one and another one. So it's kind of like, it just, honestly, you're the most important thing in the equation, not the publication. Yeah. Like, trust me. But, yeah. Whilst, yeah. You, whilst you were speaking about, um, like, publications just 
coming to you and asking you for things and like you know you've got so much on the plate it reminded me of um i don't know if you've been to this restaurant but there's like a brazilian restaurant in the o2 where they have like loads of meat on like skewers and they take it around and they basically cut it off and put it on your plate oh but, i think i've seen that what well, yeah i've seen it but i yeah. obviously don't eat meat but yeah like yeah I've and seen even it. No, i don't eat meat anymore but when i used to i went there and yeah. um it's just funny because I was just thinking about the situation where you'd finish your food and then the waiter would come back with some more meat because it's all you can eat. And like when you were describing that, I was just imagining like publications coming around to you with like more meat and like asking you, do you want this? Like, do you want to eat this? Um, but no, like I think it's really important we have this conversation because um, I feel like at least in my, when I do create, like when it comes to podcasts, there was a period, and Nick, you can attest to this, like when we first started, I was yeah. like really anxious about missing episodes because for to, oh me, God, yeah. to me, it was like a commitment to like our audience. <clears throat> like whenever we um, said we would release on a Tuesday, I would make sure like by force or fire mm. that I was there to record and that I had time to edit and that the episode went out when we said it was supposed to go out. Um, yeah. Like... I mean, even to get a bit deep, there was like one time where I like I was on the edge of having a panic attack because I was like, you know what, like this is too much. Like there's way too much going on. Yeah, like there's just way too much going on. Um, but I do think like healthy forms of content is really helpful because, mm. like you said, time is is the currency that is like so in need at the moment. You know, everything is becoming way more expensive in the country. You've got um, low wages and you've got people who are doing more than one job, like in the in the gig economies to yeah. make more money and finance their lifestyles. And, you know, people still want to, you know, buy houses, go on holiday and, mm. you know, live a life. Um, and it's really funny because yesterday I was having a conversation with someone and um, she was like, I she was we were talking about like buying stuff. And I was like, yeah, there are some luxury things that I would like to buy. Like, I'm not a very money-based person, but, like, there are some things that I think are nice that cost money. And I was like, yeah, one of them is a house. And then we were, like, talking about it, and I realized a house really shouldn't be seen as, like, a luxury thing. Like, no, it's, it's a necessary form of survival. Like, people should be able to live in a house. Like, um, and I just think the way that we engage with um money but also time is just so important yeah i agree and i think sorry i was just gonna say that like i remember that mental health thing and i think we need to just realize like through even our podcast's growth like we've got to a different space in the content arena for people who get it get it people who don't mm. don't where listen some weeks i just had the biggest kind of mental health breakdown i'm not mm. recording like simone biles at the podium i'm not doing it like mm. do you know what i mean naomi osaka like nah like and it and it's fine like we are not mules mm -hmm. and people who follow us and understand us and not even follow us people who are inspired or listen to us um are will actually respond better to that relatability because they've just had a breakdown at work or they have seen someone else have a breakdown at work and they know that you know what like these guys are taking breaks for themselves i'm gonna take a break mm. and it's gonna inspire us all to take a break because honestly these 
this pressure that we're under like systemically and everything just isn't sustainable and i'm no. telling you if we recorded this podcast for another 20 years the things that we would see i'm telling you now like yeah it, like th- it's not sustainable trust At me all. in the next 10 15 years it's not sustainable like yeah. i'm just waiting for that day it's not sustainable so yeah honestly guys take that break because society is about to take the biggest break and yeah. i'm telling you that now like it is so do what you need to do to preserve your time while still pursuing your passions and things you genuinely want to do. But um, as Eden said, like when Eden was having that breakdown, we had to both, me and Shopee, just tell him like, we don't care. We're not holding you to that much pressure. Not not that we don't care about the podcast, but honestly, we understand and see the pressure you're on, like working on Sundays, doing all that. Like if you don't get it out this week or get it out on a Wednesday, Thursday, I really don't care. Like mm. I actually don't care. Like as in like, as long as, as long as like it doesn't, for us become something where we're running away from or don't want to do the podcast anymore at large and we're not being honest about it that's when it's like let's have a conversation but yeah if you're just pressured avoidance. because yeah, yeah but if you're pressured because one week is too much of a pressure cooker in a full-time nine-to-five job mm. and in your coding at the time and all the tech stuff you were doing i'm like do what the hell you need to do like yeah. to prioritize like sometimes i'm like guys i literally can't do it this week like but or i can't do it in the week but the weekend and i think me Chopin, and eden are in a really healthy place now where you know on a monday or tuesday i don't feel scared to message like let's mm. have a dialogue and let's sort it out you know this week we literally said we don't know when we're going to record we're going to record this week but we don't know when yeah. we'll figure it out and as the week evolved we figured it out and look yeah. we're here right now on a sunday morning before eden packs go on holiday yeah recording like yeah. it is what it is like it's fine yeah it's fine yeah i'm actually really proud of us actually um because yeah, i feel like it it had to get to this stage where we could say you know maybe we don't record this week because we are a seasonal show like mm. and I, I i really commend but also i'm concerned about the content creators and podcasters that record every single oh, week my God, i honestly hell. i honestly don't understand how you guys do it I genuinely don't understand. Like I understand growth wise and it must be mm. amazing to kind of see because it, it look as a podcaster, there are facts when it comes to growing. Like yeah, if you, if you want to yeah. grow your podcast, keep releasing episodes like every single week and you'll see that the, epi- the, the number of listens and the people that engage with your podcast will kind of grow. But to me, it's not sustainable. And I have to, sh- I have to shout out Shopee every single time. Because when we first started this podcast, I was like, let's record every single week. And I thank Shopee so I much. I remember, yeah. I thank Shopee so much for putting his foot down and being like, we're not doing that. We're doing seasonal. Like, I thank mm. him so much for that because can you imagine, Nick, every single week? No, do you know what? Even just practically, like sometimes I look at the news because obviously I, I head up the news section and stuff. And sometimes I'm just like, no, like there's nothing to talk about this week. Like it's just not like even like just no, like there's actually nothing to talk about. And like that's the state of the world. Sometimes there's nothing to read. Well, not nothing to read, but there's limited stuff to read yeah. and resources. Sometimes there's limited things to consume even content wise sometimes there's limited films to watch in the cinema even like you know the cinema landscape right now before you know um this time of year earlier this year it was dead like the same five mm. films in rotation like i'm kind of like you know like sometimes there is nothing or little of substance out there that you want to discuss or talk about or engage with. And that's absolutely fine. So even with the podcast, sometimes you'll see our schedule switch up or we'll do our group chat conversations and stuff like that because we want to give you guys 
depth and mm-hmm. substance each episode but sometimes it literally isn't there. So even in our seasonal breaks, sometimes on Christmas ones, we find it's the perfect time to take a break because the the music industry has literally stopped since the mid-November. So like up until mid-Jan, early Feb, that's when things start to come out again. So I wouldn't want to be recording a podcast and have nothing to talk about. Like this is just... It's just boring for all mm. of us. Obviously, me, Chopin, Eden, we'll find things to talk about because we just have that range and all mm. of that kind of stuff. But nah like sometimes not by force it isn't and that's whether it's mental health sometimes it's with there's no content sometimes it's you know if something goes wrong in our equipment and we have to realize that actually we don't need to do this like even times i'm not saying i regret it because it was the funnest times ever but there's been times where we've been at roundhouse you know where we used to record oh, and yeah. equipment was just shoddy so we'd have to get in Nando's, you know get in Nando's literally and then drive across london for an hour yeah. to eden's thankfully eden's cousin studio who amazing like he literally saved our life so many times yeah but, so many times yeah and shout out like literally but um and then we'd go and record and then it would be 10 o'clock or mm. like eight nine o'clock and pitch black because it was winter and it's like oh god like eden's got to then drive us back to a location us get trained back and him have to drive back out of london like it's just not worth yeah. it sometimes like obviously i appreciate those times because we have memories like we have really great memories but yeah, yeah. like in this era if that happened now we, I, i'm telling you we'd probably just be like listen yeah the and universe it's... said no let's yeah. get a nando's anyway yeah let's shop it up and then we'll come back next week like yeah. it is what it is you know yeah and i think it's just because the pressure is different now mm. i think um before we were creating, but we weren't as busy. Because the thing is, I have this conversation with people. Yeah, you're right. Like, every so often about like, for example, what you and Chope do. Mm. So you as writers. But mm. I don't think people really understand. When we first started this podcast, you guys were writing, but you weren't writing as frequently no. as you are now. No. Like you've got, you've had like way more like pitches and well not pitches, but people come to you and ask you guys to write things now. And it's yeah. a lot more pressure um so it's it's a completely different environment i mean like even in my life and the things that i've got going on um in my Mm. personal life Mm -hmm. the pressure is completely different in Mm. to when we first started recording and i just think you know i don't want this conversation to be molly may we've got this same 24 hours because that's not what i'm saying essentially (laughs) because i look there's there's a reality to this conversation where it comes to content creators some of some of them it's their bread and butter right like people are freelance and um, mm. some people have to get paid to pay rent or support mm-hmm. a family or, um, you know, um, put some money away so that they can buy a house eventually or do whatever they need to do. Yeah. Um, and to say, you know, just have a break is kind of dismissing the real life pressures that they have in their lives. Um, <clears throat> but maybe the message isn't necessarily for those people because that's a completely different conversation and to do it with is. the fact that, you know, systemically things are increasing in price and it's getting much harder to have a living wage in this country. Um, mm. But for the people who have maybe a nine to five and they are doing maybe a podcast or they're writing and they're feeling that pressure, this is just a, this is just kind of us letting you know that we see you, but at the same mm. time, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to say to your listeners or your subscribers or anything, anyone that you engage with, this week, I just need to sit back and take a break because the pressure is very real. It's very taxing. It's exhausting. And like we said, we see you. It's a lot. Um, so please you. take a moment. 100%. Um, 
But as always, because we'll move into mute section, because like Nick said, I've got a pack to go on holiday soon. <laughs> but Wait, aren't you going to say what you've been listening to? No, we're going to jump into music afterwards. What I was going to do is oh, um, cool. we, we usually leave a space for the listeners just to say, um, to take a moment. So um, please find, if you have something... I'm sorry. Wait, I'm phrasing it incorrectly. So take a moment if you can. So take a breath. Um, if you had something to eat, just double check you've had something to eat today, you've had something to drink. Um, and if you've if you're listening to this podcast, please just take a moment to just be with yourself for a bit because life can be very hectic, like we've spoken about. And just prioritize your men- mental health if you can. Um, uh, we have loads of conversations at DATSPOD about music, so if you're looking for fun conversations, join us there. But otherwise, enjoy the podcast. Um, cool. We'll jump into the music section. So, who wants to go first? Who wants to go first? you can go first um yeah well mine's very short (laughs) mine is very short okay so um okay since shop is here i'll do his intro so this section we usually talk about what we're listening to and what we've been engaging with um in the last week it's not necessarily recommendations but it's things that we're listening to and have enjoyed they may come across as recommendations um but they're just music that we've been listening to Okay, so I want to put an asterisk because there was a very big album that came out like two weeks ago that <laughs> I've been listening to nonstop, but Shope, Nick and I and a guest will be talking about in early June for the reason being that there's a lot to unpack, there's a lot to talk about mm. um, and we kind of like to let music breathe for a bit before reviewing it because, you know, yeah. there's yeah, you so many... Give- you can give an overview like if you want like no just... no 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 okay you're no. trying to okay you're i'm trying, trying to keep it all for that episode because there's a lot that i want to say and um it's a, lot. it's a lot it's a lot man there's so much anyway let me not get excited but i'm mm. yeah um mm. but i did listen to an album that reminded me of it which was really interesting um okay. so i go back to this album every so often and i didn't realize how much i actually enjoy this guy's music until yeah. i went through the album again but west side boogie oh okay yeah yes so i went back to everything's for sale Mm. which is an album from 2019 so um west side boogie is signed signed to um eminem so he's under eminem's label and yeah he's a west coast rapper you can see by his name and his music i really enjoy it it's it's just like it reminds me and i don't know if this is fair to both artists but it reminds me of kendrick's music and I feel like I've just been in that space lately because he he tells a lot of truths about um, where he grew up and, you know, growing up and loads of troubles that he faces as a man. And I've just been really sitting with this album and just like really enjoying it. There's one song in particular that I listen to called LOL SMH, which is an interlude. Yeah. And I've been playing that nonstop since 2019 because um, it's a very vulnerable song. And it kind of does what, uh, again, I was going to review the Kendrick album. I can't talk about what, why I like this song, um, but I enjoy it. I enjoy the conversation in the song. It reminds me of a song. I'll say that. Um, but the entire album has been something that I've been playing lately just to kind of sit with and um, enjoy. I like tired slash reflections. Um, I love the little kind of, I wouldn't say spoken word, but the little piece that he does at the beginning um, where he says, like, I'm tired of working on myself. I want to be perfect already. Um, and then he kind of just talks more about some of the things that he's going through. 
Um, and then I like Swap Me. I like Silent Ride. He has a song with J.I.D. on there called Soho, which slaps as mm. well. Love that song. Yeah, great song. Um, Snow Allegra is on there. Black slash Six Lack, if you're spicy, is on there. And um, Shea Universe. So big up the UK. She's on this album as well and No Warning. Yeah. Um, it's a great project. It's a fun project, but it's very introspective. So if you're looking for something to accompany your Kendrick listening, I would say listening, listen to Everything's For Sale. It's a very good project. And um, yeah, so I'll say I've been listening to that. There was one more album that I started listening to at the end of this week. And I, I tweeted it as a joke originally. I was like, guys, do you remember when this album came out and we didn't pay any attention to it? Because it literally came out and there was no marketing. So Childish Gambino released an album in 2020 <laughs> and it's called yeah. 12, oh, sorry, 31520 and it's a white background and it came out and I just saw no one talking about it, no one engaging with it. And I was just like, it's really sad because he released it and I know he had some issues with his label because when he first released it, he wanted to go under Donald Glover because I think he was trying to rebrand. He wanted this album to be by Donald Glover, not Childish Gambino. Yeah. Um, but his label was like very against it at the time because I think there was like conflicts on um, maybe like branding. Like I, I'm, it might be something to do with like Childish Gambino has to be yeah. the person who releases music versus Donald Glover. Um, so I was just sitting there like this album is just like weird because it has a white cover as as the cover and there are no song titles except for maybe Algorithm and a song with Ariana Grande. But every other song is numbers. So like, for example... You, like if you were saying you enjoy a song, you'd be like, "Oh, I really love Thirty Five, Thirty One," and it just sounds a bit weird. <laughs> it just sounds like it just sounds a bit weird when you say that. Um, but I actually went there and I, I listened to the album, and there are actually some really, really good songs on here. I was re I was really surprised. Um, the production on it is really good, re and it's got um, DJ Dahi on there as well. Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah, who produced some of the songs on Kendrick's latest album as well. So um, when I typed it in, when I, when I sent the tweet and I searched if people were talking about it just to see if people were still talking about it, I found out it was two years old and that um, people were saying that um, it's very similar to the Kendrick album, which I don't get from listening to it, but it's maybe because it's produced by um, the same producer. Um, but songs like 1238, which has 21 Savage uh, on it and um, various other artists like Ink and uh, I can't see the other name right now, but there's someone else on there. I... Uh, I'm very, I was very impressed. The production on that song is incredible. The switch up, because it, the songs on that album are quite long. And then when you kind of sit with it for a bit, there's just a sudden switch up and it just changes completely. And Donald Glover, sorry, Childish Gambino, it, he killed this one. It, it was amazing. Um, definitely would recommend to people who are looking for like albums with energy, um, but also are fans of Childish Gambino as well, because low key... Actually, no, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. That's a very wild statement. It's not one of my favorite Charge Gambino albums. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll sit with it for a bit before I say anything wild like that. But I I really enjoyed this. Maybe I need to listen to more Charge Gambino, but um, I really enjoyed this. Um, so, yeah, that is Childish Gambino. And then next, I had a really weird full circle moment with this person. Mm. So um, Nick Shoppe and I have been talking about when to record this um, Kendrick Lamar album. No, Kendrick Lamar conversation. And um, I went back to the interview that Shoppe and Nick did with um, Marcus J. Moore, who wrote a book about Kendrick Lamar called The Butterfly Effect. Yeah, that's it. The Butterfly Effect. Yeah. And um, I went back to it because I was thinking of 
um, how I want to produce this episode and how I want to make it slightly different to some of the conversations that we've had before. And it's interesting because when I went to the listens for that episode, Nick had listened to the person that I wanted to bring to this episode. So my mm. next listen is Dylan Sinclair. And Nick, oh you spoke God. about Proverb Dylan on that episode. Sinclair. Yeah, oh I just found that it's really amazing. weird. Yeah. Dylan is amazing. He I is literally amazing. posted his um, song to my story last night. Oh, is it? Like, his new project is amazing, but go on, talk. Yeah, yeah. so literally yeah. that's what I'm about to talk about. So he released a new project called No Longer in the Suburbs, which was released in 2022. And just to kind of give you some background on who he is. So he is from Toronto originally. So he is a Canadian singer. And um, I, I don't even know how to describe his music. There are some songs that remind me of artists like Robin Thicke, but then there's like a B2K aesthetic to, his, um, to, to him in general. Mm. And... I've just been really enjoying the music, like, like really enjoying it. Um, I sat with some of the songs for a while and I just feel like I'm enjoying the, how, how do I, how would I describe it? Um, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying the way that he stacks his vocals, but also the way that he kind of entertains with his voice, like the way he weaves his voice in. Like there's a song on here called, let me just find it quickly. Um, Rational oh, it's the very first song so Rational literally let me tell you how. wait I have to go into how I found this album so I was literally sitting down and I was listening to like R&B and then it came up on my Spotify list and I just saw it and I just clicked it and I was just like you know let me just see what this is saying like I was just like you know what I can't bother let me just see what, what it's saying press the first song and I was like who is this I'm <laughs> like how have I never heard of this person before because Rational is a banger like it is it is disgustingly hard and um i've just been playing that i've been playing open i've been playing suppress um i've been playing lifetime like all of i honestly guys listen to this album because as an r&b project it's amazing and i'm really mm. excited about the scope of like male r&b artists at the moment because we're seeing the likes of Giveon, lucky day you know there was a conversation i mentioned yesterday about um luke james um, and reasons why he isn't kind of the big R&B star that he could be. Mm. Um, and then Dylan Sinclair and various other male um, R&B artists are starting to come out now as well. And I'm just loving it. We're in the space of like where rappers are talking about like therapy and vulnerability now. So I'm really excited to see what like uh, male R&B artists are going to start singing about now. Mm. Um, so yeah, those are my listens. So No Longer in the Suburbs by Dylan Sinclair. You've also got um, West Side Boogie on, what was the album called again? Everything's for Sale. Everything's for Sale, that's right. And then, um, what was the other one? <laughs> oh, Childish Gambino. Um, Childish Gambino, yeah. Yeah, so those are my three listens. Nick, what about you? Um. Yeah, so basically, I, yeah, it's been a busy week um, mm -hmm. in terms of like music, but um. Yeah, basically, once the assignments were done, I took in a few um, other projects and singles and everything. So I'll first talk about Bella Prototype. Um, oh, if you banger. Guys, yeah. If you guys don't know that um, Chopin used to DPR for her, so amazing. He was singing her praises from day one. Mm -hmm. um, and Ray Fiasco, the amazing Ray Fiasco, did the video for it. So that's how I actually... Because basically, you know when you listen to a song, but you don't listen to it, mm -hmm. and then you come back and you're like did I actually listen to that like a week or two ago? Like I was in a completely different headspace and that's what I've been realizing lately. And I'm loving that my brain's telling me that, like I'm loving that that's a new lesson that you can listen to something and it sound completely different on 
in a different environment or a different mood or a different time of day or anything like that mm. that's what i'm realizing a lot with projects there's been like i think they they's last album um they are based in la but like yeah they're an r&b collective um i listened to their album last year or the year before um and essentially when i first listened to it I was like, oh, this is this is cool, like it's it's fine, but it became my most listened to album. Really, one of them of two thousand and twenty one, I believe, because when I played it again in like March or April, um, I was like, oh my god, like this sounds completely different. And then I just would go back to select songs on that project, and yeah, it was just a really kind of amazing project. But I just implore all of you the lesson here is to go back and listen to things again even if you're just curious about it or did i hear what i heard and you trust me you'll get a different perspective most yeah. times but um yeah essentially prototype bella love the video i think what ray did um in terms of like making the warehouse like look so with effects obviously but like look so futuristic um what she's talking about i think how she's using her voice is is different to how she eva live for example and um, how she used it there and i think that the lyrics are just very grown and mature and i think she's very much tapping into who she is as an artist and i'm loving the fulfillment side of seeing someone come into their own um and really own who they are as well as an artist so i think she's definitely building i definitely want to see her in that conversation more i definitely want to see her get more success in terms of um what she's doing and shout out to her because i think she was in a tommy jeans advertisement where she was singing acoustic r&b this week with robert bruce which is great i think i think it's really good to see because weirdly enough in my day job vamp pr who are the pr agency for like black british london and music and stuff but they yep. also do outside of black british and stuff like that they've done amazing. amazing things girls trip <laughs> winning time la on hbo you need to watch that show it's amazing it's about magic johnson and all of that it's amazing so good but um they just do great activations and they were talking about how brand partnerships in the music arena is something, you know, you'll see a sweetie in the US do Cheetos and all of this type of big, big kind of um, outlets and fashion brands and all of that kind of stuff. But over here, it's kind of like there's this Mr. Noma with black eyes, like they just, the partnership sides needs to ramp up and that's what they're talking about and that's what they're trying to do um, because they work on a lot of TikTok campaigns and all of that to make songs go probably if you've seen tiktok songs go it's them like literally mm -hmm. getting the influencer campaigns but i say all this to say seeing bella with tommy jeans i was like that's an incredible look it's great for the portfolio and i think it will help in branching her out as a persona outside of the r&b and feed into like what informs her r&b music so yeah just a side note out of there but prototype i think it's i think it kind of like it shows me that her voice is so transferable because mm -hmm. i think she hasn't really the other song um eva life for example that she released um which is which was great last year um i think that's way more afro beats inspired a little bit mm -hmm. you know it's a bit more it's a bit more rhythmic in, in its construction whereas you know prototype is a bit more it's a bit more of a commercial R&B song, if that makes sense. So there's two different sides to her. I think there's even more sides to her in, in, in the music that she's created before. There's like downbeat, more traditional R&B in her portfolio as well as some of her earlier releases. So I think she's just really uh, multifaceted as an artist. And I love how she's challenging herself visually as well. I really like artists that 
can still translate who they are visually as well as vocally as well. So I really like Prototype and I, I'm glad I went back to it and I'm glad Ray, Ray Fiasco was able to kind of get me back into that because he was promoting it on, on Thursday or Friday when it came out this week. So shout out to her. Um, Rina Sawayama, spoken about her before. She's back with her second album in September, but she released This Hell, which is the first single. Um, the album is called Hold the Girl. Um, and she performed it on um, Jimmy Fallon, which is amazing because I think something I said this week is that I think Jimmy Fallon is doing an incredible job at taste making and curation. And I think that with some of the UK acts, you know, Paz been on there, you know, we've got Rena now, we've had, we've had a plethora of UK acts debut on there. And, you know, I remember a time where it was like, even... <laughs> Don't judge me for saying this girl's name, but even Rita Ora, like she was grinding I'm for screaming, years. No, but she was grinding for like two years, and that big opportunity seemed a lot more gate kept, and like you had to be in a certain label or a certain position or a certain PR to like get that look and, and a certain management. But now over the pandemic, I'm seeing, you know, Pasalu, who hasn't really, if we're being honest, hasn't had a breakout mm. moment yet in terms of music or anything. But it's great that the even Dochi from TDE, like she just signed to TDE and she's she hasn't had a breakout moment at all, but like she's got industry buzz and like Paz got industry buzz and Rena, Elton John, obviously like industry buzz and all of that. But like, I think it's really great to see loads of different acts from different genres. Yeah. Um, and also countries. Also countries. Different countries as well. Like West, I, think there was, I think there was a West African artist I saw on there recently. 110%. Like I was just going to say, if Cruel Santino, for example, appeared on there tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And that's because of the taste making that has been done over the last two years. I think it really ramped up over the pandemic. Um, Slow Tie has been on there as well. And it's just like, yeah, I think it's really a testament to having the right music heads who know the climate of what's to come mm. as well as the traditional kind of um formats as well who can really amalgamate that that offering to make it feel premium but also fun for new audiences as well and, and, and young and relevant and all of that so i think that's the way you get gen z or even younger millennials attention without feeling forced and just mm. you know completely go in a different way and like it you kind of procedurally kind of implement the kind of changes over a period of time and then slowly people will start to notice so i just want to say shout out to that that was a really analytical point for what i've been listening to but yeah rena this hell um i think she just knows how to make big boastful pop anthems she's just a really great pop artist in terms of the sense of sensibilities of what it takes to be that kind of artist and i think she's a great songwriter and i think she she has a great ear for do you know something we are in now is the kind of nostalgia the hyper nostalgia kind of machine i call it but i think rena is someone who tastefully kind of tributes the eras that came before her and embeds it into a personified kind of element of music that feels very relevant to who she is and what she's trying to talk about so i really love the nods to 2003 2004 mm. kind of pop and also 70s 80s type of pop that she really gets in that synth wave kind of element um that disco kind of pop into her music but also kind of, it doesn't feel like, oh my God, she just sampled that, like, and it feels lazy or she just, you know, took that kind of era of music and it bled into something that she's not even, she's never been before. It doesn't feel like, it feels far away, in a far away universe to where she is. So I really love what she did with that. Um, I think 
if if hold the girl is anything like this hell sounds like i think i'm definitely going to enjoy it um i wish it was coming for the summer but you know we can have a great autumn too with it mm. um but yeah, I'm really excited for who she is. And I think she, she's doing incredible. And and talking about US, UK acts in America, shout out to, obviously, me tying this girl in is just going to be so like, ugh, Nick, you fucking stand. But like, Brie Runway, shout out to her New York mm. and LA shows this week. She killed it. It looked really great. So yeah, shout out to her. While I'm talking about Rena, because I know them two are really close. But um, I won't talk about Kendrick Lamar's album. You'll definitely see in the coming two weeks, like what we've got to say and all of that. But um, I'll just nod to what Eden said about Dylan Sinclair. I will shout out a different song, which is How Dare I. Fucking love that song. Like, I think it's one of the best R&B songs that I've heard this year, to wow. be quite honest. Um, I love the songwriting. I love how pensive it is. I love how it tributes vulnerability. And I think that that is what we're not even missing because Lucky Day's doing it, you mm. know, and Brent Fires has done it in the past. I think that, you know, mm. even, <laughs> even, um, what's his name? Um, oh, the one that was cancelled from, apparently cancelled from Canada or whatever, like, what? yeah, um, what's his name? The one that was on Peaches, forgot his name, Daniel Caesar. Oh, that's Daniel it. Caesar. Yeah, um, even Daniel did it in his music and does it in his music. So, like, R&B is not missing it, but I think just continuing in that vein is beautiful and i think dylan dylan's just got a really soft side to his music and i think that it's tender it's a really tender kind of sweet spot of music and i think as eden said how he uses his voice is really intentional mm -hmm. i think um and smart as well and really like playful as eden, eden said as well but um i think i just love that song how dare i like what like mm -hmm. are you dumb when that song plays i'm just like i'm like I just need to hear that live ASAP as well as Mr. For the Poet I need to see Dylan Sinclair live like I just need to like a nice intimate small venue like just kill it like Jazz Cafe or something like that but um yeah I think No Longer in the Suburbs at Large is great um Alpha Place by Narx think we'll discuss that if I didn't I will discuss it later anyway yeah um Jack Harlow, should I even discuss it? Um, do you know what? I'm going to sit with it a bit because I just kind of left it because the conversation kind of tired me. So, you know, maybe we'll come back to it. Maybe it won't be worth our time, but we'll no, see. I'll, I'll offer something and that album was trash. <laughs> that album was awful. That album was not good. <laughs> the thing, like, I got... That album was not good. <laughs> I was looking at some of the conversation on Twitter. And I was just like, are you really telling me, like, I know we said on this episode that he's being geared up to be the next Drake. I think you said that, Nick, like. Yeah, but can I, can I just clarify what I mean? Yeah, go on. I, I didn't mean it from, I am a diehard fan and he is the next Drake. I didn't mean it like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean it like, you know, you got fucking bars. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> like, I meant it like. I meant it like I see what the because I'm a strategy person right and every, mm -hmm. you guys know that I'm a marketing strategy person and like I see what they're doing mm -hmm. that's what I meant it for I see where Atlantic we know what you're trying to do mm -hmm. you're trying to craft some stuff you've been known to want to craft the next Nicki Minaj in the past as well we know mm -hmm. what Lady Alicia said you know back then and I think that's what has been trying they've been trying to do fill that kind of next era if if drake said he's retiring tomorrow it's kind of a platter like don't worry guys we've got what you like mm. in jack it's kind of like that that's what i meant i didn't mean 
he's definitely got the caliber he's definitely got the he's still got years to prove himself like drake definitely had at least two classic albums you know mm. two we don't even have one yet so let's you know get a bit of a grip here but um that i meant in terms of like positioning not in yeah. terms of the substance to, to match up but as eden said a lot of people have been saying <laughs> that it's trash so yeah i, I just i definitely want to because basically i was listening to so many releases that week i was just kind of bored of the conversation so i need to like have a fresh slate and kind of sit there and decide for myself if it if it's going to complete zero out of ten which which we'll see no zero out of ten is harsh that's like i don't i don't is it possible to have a zero out of ten album (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Pitchfork definitely gave it a two point nine. Yeah, but like two, two is calm. Like zero is wild. <laughs> if your album gets a zero, you need to go do something else. Because if people are giving your album a zero, that's so, that's so disrespectful. Really that's saying there's great. no redeemable qualities no. about the project Jack, at all. Jack definitely has projects before because yeah, like, you know, I'm 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 a watcher. I'm an avid fan. You know, like not a stan or anything, but like I'm definitely like yeah, like he can exist in hip hop. Like it's fine. But like, um, there's definitely former projects where I'm like, oh my god, yeah, the potential's there. Like, I'm not saying he's like Drake level or anything, but I'm like, yeah, like the potential he can definitely be there. You know, represent a bit better than Post Malone. You know, all of that in the in the industry and all of that kind of stuff. But from what I've initial thoughts, um, yeah, we'll yeah. definitely have to go and see if if I was wrong. But I don't think I am. But yeah, like, what. Well- I will yeah. I, I will say I've been playing Love is Dro and this is from another album this is the one um, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. they all say um, yeah. with Bryson Tiller and Static Major on it because my um, one of my best friends Khalil recommended that to me mm. and I love that song but this project it ain't his the ain't first it. album was better from yeah. what I heard and like... I think I think his catalogue low-key works against him <laughs> i can't lie because yeah people people yeah. are treating people are trying to like interact with jack harlow like he has just entered the music industry for some reason no, it's almost like there's an amnesia to the fact yeah. that he's been here for at least eight years and mm-hmm. um, and he's put in his time he's putting he has put in his time like he's he's done the small stages like yeah he, he has there's been a trajectory there like it's not he hasn't come overnight i'll give him that like, yeah he hasn't. but i think the problem is you know when an artist release like an album or like a mixtape, you give them grace because it's like maybe their first or second project. He's had yeah. eight. <sighs> like he's had eight. Do you, know, do you know what it is? Yeah, for me, like I think with Jack, like I think, I think they're just trying to do a little bit too much, and I think that maybe. We should have had the A&R listen to that Drake song again. Because I do think there's a bit of a bias here. I think there is the bias that the Drake verse leaked, right? Mm. And it was so good. Like, obviously, Drake, when he gets into his bag, he knows how to turn the switch back on, essentially. Mm-hmm. Drake is knows how to be lazy, but then knows how to turn the switch back on. And that is arguably helping his career a little bit, like, extend a bit more, having those surprise moments. He's kind, kind of, I, I almost want to say, is it a strategy that he kind of dials it back to then know when to go hard but yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway yeah but drake masterful craftsman like we all know but mm-hmm. yeah i think that verse coming out a month before the album it leaking um and then them not doing damage control like and maybe re-recorded some bits or like mm. so, i don't know do something else you know they could have framed it as those were early iterations of the song or something like that but i just think that was a huge red flag because 
I mean, if you're rapping at that level next to Drake, it's kind of giving control verse kind of vibes, like Big Sean control verse kind yeah. of that moment. And it's kind of like, ugh, like you don't want to do that. So I think Jack had that, the, the people already had it in their head that, you know, Drake bodied, you didn't. Mm. So, you know, it was already kind of the bar was at five, you know, basically going into the album. So I think... He can recover from this. I think oh, 100%. he's taken it really well. Yeah. I think you have to just take it in your stride. Mm-hmm. And I think one, I want to see a Zayn Lau or some interview or something where he just addresses it, you know, mm-hmm. just be the sports, the sports person, you know, the sports personality, take it on the chin. Huge new balance still, focus on your branding, do the sweetie thing, you know, get yourself bigger in that lane. Yeah. And then just come back hard, like yeah. hard. This is the Big Sean moment where you need to come back. Big Sean didn't quite do it, but <laughs> you need to like come back <laughs> like and show that you're not a mediocre rapper. And that is the next challenge for him on this third album. Yeah. Sales wise, he did absolutely fine. You know, maybe the, that, the label were definitely going for top um, number one, but... Bad Bunny, not going to compete. Future, not going to compete with. So you got to number three, absolutely fine. And then Kendrick drops the next week. Yeah. It's just, it's just, anyway, yeah. He sold over 100K for people, which is great, you know, for Mm -hmm. people anticipating Kendrick. So, you know, take the L. You you got the sales, you're fine. You got a platinum single, first class, you know, you're doing fine. It's just, it's, it's, and, and roll out that's solid on paper, but with learnings that you need to as a rapper really take because you've got one more chance now. Like, especially in this era, like it's one more chance. So mm-hmm. basically just come back next year, late next year um, and just just kill it. No yeah. words, just bars, you know, and it is what it is. He's, he's, got, he's got the skills to, to level up, I just think. You know this. This was this wasn't great. This this was, it wasn't great. Yeah, it's what it is. It and, is what it is. And just to kind of correct myself quickly, it wasn't. He doesn't have eight albums. He has six, and this is his seventh. <laughs> just to say that, I just wanted to make that clear because I just checked. Dearly, it's six, dearly, not seven. Dearly. Um, all of those albums, or that's well, like projects. Oh, this is the thing with Spotify. On some EPs say album. I don't know if it's an EP. They all say album on them, but I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I'm Some assuming. of them are definitely going to be albums, but like, yeah. that's yeah. I don't know, but basically, like, Jack, come on. The pandemic is well. You're allowed to travel now. Go and see some experiences. You know, go and you know, I don't know, see the world, and then you know, come back, and we'll just see. We'll just yep. see. I yep. just hope for his sake he's not nominated for a Grammy. Just leave it. I hope they don't even do that because if Jack it's wins, be worse. He over won't win. He Kendrick. Won't win. No, no, but win. no, no. If he wins over Kendrick, I'm he gonna lose can't it. Win. He can't I'm win. I'm gonna lose it. Like Pitchfork gave it a two point nine. So we the mainstream knows is shit. So basically, like Grammys, just don't do it. Like no. don't even nominate him. Like Nick, first I promise. class get nominated. Yeah, you can get nominated, but like the album. It will it will actually kill his career if he wins a Grammy. It Nick, I'm actually stressed out. I'm it actually stressed out. It won't. If Vince Staples, Kendrick Lamar, no, 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 no. Exactly. Oh my god, it won't. If that happens, I swear it actually can't. Like, um, it, 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 even him getting nominated, so I'm just like, guys, the label, please don't even submit that. <laughs> just leave it, leave it. You've got a couple months to not submit, so just don't submit first class. Absolutely, like do what you need to do, but like don't submit. That's a, just just don't just, yeah. just don't do it. Don't it, op- do it. It opens an interesting conversation that I would love for Shopee to be a part of. So I might hold it for now. Mm. Um, 
Well, first and foremost, I'm going to say that whole brandy conversation on the radio show is something we need to talk about because okay, cool. we'll, we'll talk about we'll it. talk about no, we'll talk about it next week because I okay, know fine. me and Shope won't agree on what we have to say. I don't know where you stand with it, Nick. I, we've had the conversation I, in the group chat. We've but. had it in the group chat, and I just think that, like, I'll say this really quickly. I just think there's nuance to everything. I think that obviously brandy is really known and. Like, I just think it's an unfortunate, it was an unfortunate thing. And I know that I watched the whole thing, you know, Hot 97 didn't do it on purpose. It was a casual thing. You would expect someone to know, you know? Mm. So it was just, it was a game. It was literally a segment on their show. It was like, guess whose sibling this is kind of thing. And it's like trivia knowledge kind of vibes, you know? But um, I just, Jack, like, why? And at the same time, I'm like, I've got other thoughts, which Eden knows, but yeah, it's just, it just, like, it was a hard week for Jack. Let's just say that. Let, I'm just glad Kendrick dropped for him. Come yeah. And save him. Mm. You know, like, that's what it was. It was yeah. giving, he needs a bit of water. Yeah. Him some water. Like, Do you know what it reminded off. me of? Um, there was a, there was an on, there was a TV debate back in the day between um, Nixon and JFK. Oh my God. And the reason the that, the reason that yeah when he started sweating yeah the oh reason God, that yeah. um apparently nixon lost that election is because he started sweating on tv and that's what it reminded me of like he looked unsure yeah, yeah. that that stress um but you know I, if you listen to this podcast you'll probably know where i'm coming from um with regards to what i think of that situation because what i'm going to say is people should be allowed to not know things sometimes and um whilst i understand the frustration that comes with people entering black spaces and not doing the homework and then being seen as the the voice for mm. like black spaces i understand that completely but also there's a conversation about compassion as well because there are some things that people are saying happen in that interview that didn't happen and i'm speaking purely about Wait, india what? irie what did she say? Well, oh, in, that thing, the story. India so, Irie yeah. was like, because India Irie came to Brandy's defense. All right, we're going to talk about it very quickly. Very, very, very quickly. India Irie. Yeah, we'll get Shopee's thoughts next week. Obviously, yeah, we're going to circle quickly. back. Obviously, yeah. we're going to circle back. So essentially, um, Jack Harlow went and interviewed on, what's Ibra's show called again? Um, Hot 97. Yeah, Hot 97, that's it. So he went on Hot 97 and he was doing a quiz show where they were asking him a few questions. I've only seen the viral clip, so I haven't seen the full interview with all the different questions and everything. W fam, right? Just let this break. It's a W fam. Oh, uh... Aaliyah? No. No, 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 no. Wait, stay with it, stay this with it. Isn't. Can I give him a hint? I know you're gonna be the same hint. I'm gonna give. Go ahead. What's your hint? All right. How about I go to Vegas? She had a TV show. She started a TV show. Tell me another hint. Her 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 brother is the reason why a lot of people are famous. You can argue. Her brother had an amazing sex tape. Very famous. Who's Ray J's sister? Oh my God. Who's Ray J's sister? Yo, fat. He's serious. He said no. That's. Yo, he's 24. I didn't know they were siblings. Who is it? You didn't know Brandy and Brandy and Ray J are siblings? Yes. yes. Wow. Nobody's ever told me that in my life. <laughs> you just found that out today? Nobody's Yo, ever amazing. told me that. Wow. Yo, give it up for Jack. Love Arnold, you, Jack. Arnold. Arnold. Yo, that is amazing. But Jack Harlow gets asked a question about um um no, they play a song and they have to guess the artist and they play a Brandy song. 
And then they give him clues to figure out who's singing. And one of the clues that he's given is that she has a famous brother who made a sex tape. Yeah. And um, he was like, who is, who is Ray J's sister? And then everyone kind of starts laughing and they're like, wow, you don't know Brandy. And then he goes, Brandy is Ray J's sister. I didn't know they were related. And then the clip makes it to Twitter. And Nick, correct me if I'm wrong in any of that, by the way, if I've missed anything whatsoever. No, you haven't. No, that, that's exactly what happened. From what I saw as well. Like, yeah. That's what happened. So the clip makes it to Twitter and people are frustrated and saying that, you know, how are you in the black spaces and you don't know about Brandy? Um, you know, and people are saying, this is what I'm talking about. You know, he's a white man in black spaces and um, he doesn't know who Brandy is. And then India Irie comes on, on Instagram and she posts like an Instagram story and she's just like, um, let me get it. One sec. Let me just get oh, it. No. no, because it annoyed me. I can't <laughs> lie. It actually annoyed me. She was doing up exclamation mark. Yeah, it annoyed I was, me. I was like, sis, like, it's actually fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not, listen, like, I get it, but let's, do you know what? I'm not even going to be misogynistic. I'm not trying to do that, but like, everyone breathe. <laughs> like it's it did she hurt your mom did she yeah. that? like did he hurt did he hurt your mom did he hurt your, no like Wait, anyway where is it? okay so in diary in diary she posted this <laughs> this on her story yeah she said when an actual musician and i'm gonna raise my voice in the part she's capitalized yeah oh my so God. she said when an actual musician who makes black music deduces one of the industry's most important voices brandy at brandy to Ray J's sister, who was famous mostly for his proximity it's of Kim weird. Kardashian's, I was like, wait, hold on. It's getting weird. That's not it's... what I saw. I didn't see Jack Harlow reduce Brandy game. to they Ray J's asked. sister. Yeah. What they... I saw was he had to try and guess the artist. Mm. He didn't recognize the artist, so they gave him a clue. Which was that? Which was his sibling. He didn't know they were related. And then was like, oh, Brandy's related to Ray J. It's not reducing Brandy to being Ray J's sibling when he didn't know that they were siblings. That doesn't make sense. No, it was just him asking. It was kind of a prompted question. Like, it was kind of like him reinforcing. Like, oh, like, he was asking. He was asking a question. That's all it was. But... Twitter gonna Twitter or it's, IG gonna IG. It's just misinformation. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand the erasure that happened in that situation. Mm. Like, if we're gonna keep it a buck a buck, and we're gonna like dip into our um, into our like critical minds, like of course the fact that a black woman was forgotten by a white man in an industry that he is trying to, um, you know, essentially take over because you yeah. know that is what's happening. It, it's not a good look and it's we're fine to admit that it's not going to do well. It's going to be something that people will probably remember and refer to, um, especially if he uses certain samples from like different generations. Um, and it's not the best thing that you'd want to happen in someone's career, especially a white rapper. But I just kind of take issue with the way that there's kind of this big blow up now about what seemed like a very innocent situation. Like, to me, it didn't seem yeah. like from the way Jack responded to the situation, he said, oh, Brandy is related to Ray J. That tells me that he knows who Brandy is. Yeah. And of yeah, course, yeah, the I fact that he didn't he recognize her voice is an issue. Well, 
is it even an issue? Are we allowed not to recognize people's voices? I think basically what I was going to say is in this era right now, and we said it in the group chat, I think people aren't allowed to make mistakes mm. or like ask clarifying questions like or anything like that. And I think it's almost like, it's not almost like people are waiting with pitchforks, literally, mm. no pun intended, but pitchforks to literally... Um, have a gotcha moment mm-hmm. like you should have known better you shouldn't have done this like like all that kind of stuff and it's almost like if i for example state that you know i love the smell of petrol mm-hmm. you know someone's going to be like oh like climate fucking change like, how <laughs> like what's the actual fuck like mm-hmm. do you want to smell petrol like do you know how much it takes to get petrol and all that kind of stuff in a thread like and all that kind of stuff like literally i remember being in the cinema like oh my god yeah this example so funny before a film i just had a thought obviously in the cinema i'm going to watch a film um like ah uh, like i said something about parasite and squid games right mm-hmm. i said that um you know squid games should have automatically had subtitles um so that like it was easy so that people knew willingly that there would be you know subtitles to listen to um or, or something like that, or I said subtitles over dub or something like that mm-hmm. um, in relation to Squid Games. And I said, it's almost like the gotcha moment that Parasite had, like, mm-hmm. and I was just comparing the two. Just a quick thought, because I was really gassed about Squid Games, like, mm-hmm. when it first came out. And then someone was like, oh, the erasure, like, deaf people, like, da 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 Like, why did you include audio sounds as well, like, in the tweet? And I was like, oh. Wait, do you mean blind people? Or blind people, yeah, the yeah. other way around. Like, they were like, why don't you do audio description? Like, or visually like, impaired, sorry. That's or visually impaired, yeah, yeah, visually impaired as well. Like, because, yeah. But they were like, oh, like, how dare you, like, not include them and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, guys, like, guys, like, this was literally just an innocent tweet. Like, mm. it wasn't this thing. Like, it was just a little joke tweet. Like, it wasn't it a call to even, action. It was just yeah, like... Yeah, it wasn't like... Yeah. A, I'm not an activist for this. Like, I promise that I'm not. I'm just, it was just, it, it was getting really weird. Like, in the cinema, like, in two seconds, someone had responded. I was like, I'm just, I'm just going to watch the film. Yeah. I'm just going to mute it and watch the film because you guys are not going to come at me crazy like that. Like, it's just not happening. Like, and she was writing in capitals or something. I was like, sis, like, it's, it's really, I'm one person, like, I'm not mm. the person who decides the cinemas, like, I'm not making a decision. Obviously, if I was in that position, I would include blind and deaf people, like, mm-hmm. duh, like, come on now. But I don't know, I don't know, people just are insane online mm. and the Jack moment. And I, no, this is not me going up for the oppressor. No, it's not. It's me saying that there's nuance in every situation and that people, listen, mm-hmm. yeah. telling you now, I don't know everything about music. I don't. Yep. Okay? Like, don't expect me to. Don't stop me on the street and ask me random questions. I don't know. I'm even mm. doing shit with names right now. Like, certain mm-hmm. colleagues forget their names. Like, not my immediate team every day, but, like, wider in my business, sometimes mm. I forget their name. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, I'm human. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry about that. Like, yeah. I'm not a robot. I'm not a cyborg. I'm not a computer. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. it is what it is. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, That's it. Well, I think there's this pressure because we're in the information era. And the excuse that I hear quite a lot, although right. kind of the reaction that I hear is, you know, you can just kind of check on like maybe Wikipedia or like biography websites and stuff like that. But if we're keeping it 100, no, like who's doing that? Like, I, 
I take issue with the fact that we're required to be perfect constantly at all times. Um, and the reason that I'm even having this conversation, because like Nick, you will never kind of see me out here caping for people who, you know, systemically are protected. Mm. But at the same time, I think about the way that compassion works and it's top down. And in a situation where there's someone who, you know, like Jack Harlow, for example, it's an innocent mistake and he's getting fried, yeah. like barbecued. Um, <laughs> I I take issue with that. Again, again, guys, we can talk about nuance until the cows come home. Like we can talk about like the reason that like erasure is important and why we need to talk about the fact that Brandy is a voice that, you know, has influenced pretty much all of the singers who make R&B nowadays Huge. and genres outside of that as well because you know people like red hot chili peppers have spoken about how brandy influenced them and like so yeah. many different artists as well i think even um was a guy from nirvana called again um oh my oh, god oh, yeah bro, what's like see i don't even like yeah. yeah like yeah no disrespect because he was great and loads of things that he spoke about as well but i just the name's just not coming to me right now like if for example just like that like if i was in an interview right now and like Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain, that's it. If I was yeah. in an interview right now and someone played a Kurt Cobain song and I didn't know who it was, and like say I was a music journalist, because I'm not, and I like to make that apparent, I'm not a music journalist, but I have a music podcast and people are like, what you don't know, you don't know Kurt Cobain. No, Kurt Cobain, it's Kurt Cobain. K U R T. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Said, I think I said Kurt Cobain. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I think but, it's yeah. just, yeah. Anyway, go on. But if people say, oh, you don't know Kurt Cobain, like, you don't, you, what? How do you not know about this guy and you have a music pop? What? Like, bro, we're allowed not to know things sometimes. Like, it's sometimes in life, fine. we life don't know everything. Fine. And I feel like the, we need to realise how much we don't know and, like, give grace to people. And I don't want to say help them learn because that's a conversation in itself. Like, we, there are some things I believe we should support people in learning and some things that, isn't required of us oh, yeah, as yeah, black yeah, people yeah. so yeah, there is there, yeah. there is a difference but in this I'm, I'm seeing that compassion isn't being given for an innocent mistake and i don't like that but i just wanted to kind of speak on that quickly shope i don't want to speak on his opinion but we've had this conversation so i'll let shope come in and say what he says but if you've listened to this podcast you can kind of guess <laughs> where what, he's coming from where the, what the vibes are um, respect to legend <laughs> 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 exactly respecting legends um but yeah let's get into the new section but we'll talk about this is like obviously something i discuss a lot eden knows about shopping knows about but mm -hmm. um the ongoing kind of legalities in the drill field and and for drill artists as well so um i really think that you know since bobby's come out we've seen him like really happy really joyous and all of that like but there's real issues at play and he's obviously been in prison and 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 kind of that has ramifications and the whole drill and and rap landscape has had a lineage with this um crime criminality legal justice and and surveillance um so this is the latest in that um and it's to do with bobby schmurder specifically here he's pleading for new york's rap on trial bill to be adopted across the country outside of new york state so um Earlier this week, um, so the week commenced in May 17th, the New York State Senate passed a bill limiting the use of song lyrics as evidence in court, which, as we know, is impacting, you know, Digga D over here, has impacted Bobby over in the States. Um, it's being used, actually, in Young Thug and Gunner's um, recent kind of... Uh, 
ramifications with law um young thug's still in prison um in part for that but in part for actual kind of physical claims as well but um yeah first touted last november this law the purpose of the bill is to set a new high bar compelling prosecutors to show clear and convincing evidence that a defendant's rap song video or other creative expression is literal rather than figurative or fictional shmurda was jailed for seven years as we know from 2014 after being indicted and pleading guilty to weapons and murder conspiracy charges the initial indictment did include the um, reference to his lyrics um he told tmz hate that platform but you know sometimes they get the good news um i'm <laughs> grateful for it um i feel like it needs to happen all over the country especially with what's going on in atlanta right now so he's referencing obviously the young slime life or ysl young thug and gunner charges in georgia um as i said they involve song lyrics as well um both rappers were named in a 28-person grand jury indictment and charged with conspiracy to violate the state of Georgia's racketeering influence um, and corrupt organisations. Other words, you guys know it is a RICO um, act. You know, Meek Mills talks about it, all of that. Um, so the indictment centres around the YSL record label and collective um, formed by Thug, allegedly. Um, and part of the indictment is based around Young Thug's... Um, and gunners other associates and the lyrics and social media posts there's like a dozen instagram screenshots in that case i've opened it and looked through it um so there's a lot going on um amongst the lyrics were from young thug um collaboration called slatty in which the rap includes i killed this man in front of his mama like fuck little bruh sister and his cousin so um Gunner's legal team have responded since, describing the RICO um, indictment as intensely problematic. Um, and yeah, the bill will now aim to pass through the New York State Assembly in order to become law. And hopefully, um, maybe other states will adopt it because as we know, they, or as some people know, America ops, operates as a federalised system. So some court decisions, Supreme Court will apply for the apply for the wider united states but then you have like the new york supreme court and georgia kind of court and all of that and their kind of rules will apply statewide um so it's just different um sorry i think did i say atlanta i meant georgia because atlanta is in georgia but um yeah this is interesting i think it just heightens and reminds people how much surveillance and um all of their materials are kind of been um, under inspection and I think if we are thinking about YSL obviously we need to see what actually happened because there could be physical claims to what they've done but I think that um, it just really reinforces how rappers autonomy in their artistic expression isn't really allowed um, and I think the New York law passing through right now and hopefully it gets in embedded into the law um to limit that use of lyricism in um in indictments and in cases i think it's um something that needs to happen around the world really where where drill and rapid prevalent genres as well because i think it's racialized it's coded and, and we all know what's really up with when these cases kind of come to the fore the forefront um and it's just, it's really an interesting predicament. And I think it's getting more entrenched into the countries like England, like the United States, like Australia, etc. to really watch and prevail 
are artists as well um are black men male artists um specifically um and women as well actually because there are drill women acts and, and women hip-hop acts as well but um yeah i think bobby should continue to speak out about this because i think a lot of people forget in his joy that he went through this and went through this form of surveillance so i think it's something that needs to happen we need to not look at lyrics and judge the person for the lyrics alone and i think that yes there is systemic violence to talk about um in certain communities um, in all communities actually because if we look at Scotland look at what happened before they kind of looked at knife crime um, and really helped it but um, I think we need to look at the systemic class kind of issues that are happening um, and approach it based on that and, and approach the issues based on what systemic privileges are being disallowed from those communities rather than just blame lyrics 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 this is an issue in this community and the music that this music this community kind of produces is a byproduct of that um and they should be punished for that i think it's way deeper than that and i think it's way more convoluted than that and 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 people know that but they're looking for easy scapegoats and routes to kind of um make to kind of ridicule sorry a community of people um and i think people like Digger D, people like Bobby Schmader speaking out, um, Five Year Foreign in his music as well, um, and obviously Pop Smoke before he died, um, I think is imperative and I think it's really important and, and even Shabo over here has spoken about it too. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good move and I'm glad that Bobby has put light on it because I actually didn't know that that law was passing through New York um, this month. So yeah, incredible news and I hope that we have more hardline approaches to not using lyrics alone in, in court cases because I think you can find concrete evidence if you want to find the concrete evidence do you know like I know lyrics you know it's, it's on a sheet of paper whatever but like find the actual blood find the actual gun find the actual knife like don't just because pe wrong people are wrongfully put in prison over that when it's just they're talking about experiences they've seen not necessarily experiences that they've done or they're kind of in imagining things as well what can't we imagine things now and put it on paper like i don't know i just think it's um it's racialized as, as i said before so those are my thoughts um what are yours eden um <clears throat> the thing about this situation is it reminds me that often when we go through things in life it's usually an opportunity for us to use that experience to better the world or at least better ourselves yeah and um what i like about this situation and what i really um commend bobby schmurder for is that he's taken a lemon and made lemonade like he's really had because seven years is a long time so he spent seven years in prison for song lyrics um and once he came out it seems like he's really pushed to make sure that no one else kind of goes through that it's like for example the woman um i forget her name i apologize for that but um she got someone upskirted her so someone took a picture of her skirt and she went to court about it and now made it illegal in the uk so obviously that should have been illegal to begin with but mm. <clears throat> um upskirting is illegal as a result of her having that experience and then going to court and being like this can't happen to women and um the law changing as a result 
And so when I see that Bobby Shmurda has done something or is trying to do something very similar to for the future of hip hop and for the future of black truth, I think that's really beautiful. And I think that's really important for generations to come. Um, I want to lead like lean on a book that I read years ago, which I haven't spoken about in so long, but it's a book called Race um, After Technology. Um, it's called Abolitionist Tools um, for the New Gym Code. And it's by Ruhel Benjamin, who's a um, professor at Princeton University. And in that book, she essentially talks about the ways that black people are policed and how there are so many different forms of technologies that are being introduced um, to, to keep us safe, but are actually just tools to kind of oppress black people. And um, an example of this was spoken about fairly recently because there was a school in Brazil that installed um, facial recognition software in their schools without the consent of their parents or students. And um, as a result of that, loads of children's faces are now in databases. And I think, I haven't read this book in a while, um, so I'll have to go through it again. But there was something that Ruha said about how black children, when they are born, um, go into a system also almost automatically um, in America. I have yeah. to double check that source because um, I'm not entirely sure what the exact line was, but it was basically um, the gist of what she was saying from what I remember. Um, and I just think about that. I think about the way that song lyrics, for example, they can come from inspiration. They can come from um, real life experiences and they can be actual events that happen. But there's too much ambiguity and it's unfair to use that um, paintbrush and paint all artists in exactly the same way, especially if we look at it on a deeper level and think about where the pressure to be seen as gangster comes from. Um, mm. Because, you know, not that I think that this really means anything at the end of the day, because <clears throat> I don't I don't have any street cred and I'll say that <laughs> for what it is. Um, but, you know, loads of people talk about the fact that there are rappers that haven't done things that they're talking about in their lyrics. Like that's something that happens quite a lot in the UK um, with like Drill, for example. Um, and people will say things like, oh, this person's talking about doing drillings and all these types of things. But, you know, behind closed doors, they're a good guy and all these different types of things. Um, but like that pressure to make that type of music and leave an environment where you want to feed your family comes from the fact that there's so much going on systemically and it's very similar in the US as well and you know it it seems like the only way to catch the attention of the masses is to perform to the stereotype of being that gangster and you know being loud and you know all of those tropes that black men get painted with especially in America as well um that we do feed into as black consumers but then we have to think about how these artists blow up as well because we are like a small percentage of most of the countries that listen to this music so and you know see the way it influences the white kids that listen to it because you see the way they dress you see the way they talk about things you know if you're black and you've gone to a rave or an event and you're dancing and Stormzy comes on 99% of the time the guy from Essex is going to come up to you put his arm around you and start rapping the lyrics in your ear like your boys and it's because they feel like these experiences are exciting and it's like it's something that um, they they feel like um, by listening to the music, they're like really experiencing and they're getting like gossip and what's going on. Um, but, you know, Bobby Shmurda talking about this, I think is just really important. I think it's going to make a massive difference. I think um, 
it's going to help a lot of people if the bill comes through. Um, and I don't like the way that song lyrics are being used to um, control people. I don't like that at all. I think it's 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 very scary and also um, it limits how we express ourselves because it can go even further into like activist um, like yeah. music creators, for example, um, who talk about maybe um, anarchist type of views um, to rally the people and then it's taken to court and, you know, they're taken to prison for that type of view. And you know what? People can talk about burning things down when they're not getting fed. People can talk about and express themselves in ways that are creative, but also um, really communicate what they feel on their heart and people should be allowed to do that. Now, we did have a conversation with a music therapist um, three episodes yeah. ago and, and by Kamika King is her name, by the way. And we spoke about kind of what effect we thought drill music had on the youth. And we didn't really get a direct kind of confirmation to say that it has this effect because I don't think you can necessarily answer that question. I think it's more of a question for like a um, sociologist or maybe someone who works in um, music but deals with like how it affects, affects us neurologically. Um, but having that conversation and, you know, understanding that there are some lyrics that, you know, hurt people. I'm not saying this is what Kamika King said, by the way. This is just kind of what I took away from me shopping yeah. and Kamika having a general conversation. Um, but there are some lyrics that are quite, you know, misogynistic. They're quite um, violent. They're quite um, detailed. And they can have an effect on people who are um, easily influenced by the music. But we also have to understand that listeners have autonomy and also that these are stories that are being told at the end of the day. They are feelings and expression because people are going through things. And, you know, it's only now that like loads of black men are talking about therapy and, um, you know, getting support and understanding what like PTSD from being in environments where you've seen people get hurt and like killed and, you know, all of that. Mm. It's only now that we're having those conversations before the therapy was like writing it down and, you know, actually spitting it and actually, you know, putting it out in the world. So I don't think it's fair. I think what Bobby Schmurd is doing is is great. And I hope it goes through so that future generations can continue to talk on what they're experiencing. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. No, I definitely agree. I think it's super important. <clears throat> yeah. To kind and, of make those linkages. But sorry, go on. Yeah, and probably not for the reasons that people would assume because um, it's not just to do with free speech it's also to do with the fact that this is just further surveillance yeah. um, it's not about talking so much it's more about the way we're watched as a people and yeah. the way we're controlled by um, white perspectives because like if you even get deeper yeah because I one poem that I'll always remember is a poem by um, uh, Betjeman I can't remember his first name um, I think it's John Betjeman um, he's an English poet and there's a poem he has called Slough and the first line is come friendly bombs and fall on Slough and I'm just like okay so if I take that to court am I saying he's a terrorist mm. like am I saying that he's inciting the reader violence yeah. to say that they should blow up Slough or is it just like I can look at it and understand that what it means is he doesn't like Slough but there are some instances where, like, for example, in Bobby <laughs> Schmurder's case, where he was very specific. Mm. Like, 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 I know we shouldn't laugh because, but he would. And, like, you know, Brooklyn drill, London drill, like, whatever, like, 
UK drills, sorry, like, like it can get very specific. Like yeah. If you know what the te- if you know the terminology, yeah, it yeah. can be very specific. Like, but he named people, and yeah, it, essentially he dry snitched on himself. Yeah. Like he named people, he named events, and it was connected to things that were going on, um, and probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, but at the same time you know people should be able to express themselves it's a hard one because when it comes to murder and conversations about conspiracy to murder and all of the above Mm. you know murder is murder at the end of the day right Mm. and there are politics around you know what's happening in the streets and things that i don't know about and maybe like people who listen to this don't know about like the actual things that go on yeah um but it's hard because you want a system that holds people accountable but you also understand that there is nuance to how people express themselves and what and it means. And there's racialization to it because like Marilyn Manson, baby, like the lyrics are on paper. You're choking the girls. Yeah. Like it's literally on wax. And like, where's that? Where's that for decades? Yeah. Where was that? Mm-hmm. Right under the people's noses, the women looking scared on red carpets. Like, nah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like it's racialized. Like, so I, I like, as Eden said, we do want to hold people accountable. But also, is prison even the right mechanic? No. This is what I'm saying. Like, no. even that, like, it, prison isn't even the right mechanic. Rehabilitation, examining societies, yep. like, resources, you know, like, youth classes. Like, there are so preventative measures, like, schooling, like, mm-hmm. all of that. Putting a police fucking uh, detector outside American schools, mm-hmm. what, does that, what relationship does that create with kids? Yeah. Kids, black kids, because yeah. it's predominantly in, you know, schools with, with lower housing and social housing and all of that. Um, what kind of message does that send? That sends authority, that sends us versus them, that doesn't extend, that doesn't um, extend olive branches, it doesn't mm-hmm. really give community, it doesn't, it doesn't put community leaders at the forefront it mm-hmm. doesn't position police institutions as community mechanics it doesn't yeah it, it just doesn't do anything because in another world we could have maybe not calling them as police because of the historical relationship between them but equivalent kind of people who are like vanguards and who can kind of like give resources almost like what the black panther did in their mm. initial days you know have centers where you can paint and get food and talk about your son who's having issues in school and talk about your daughter who's who's finding it hard to go out to party or whatever and like as a community come up with a solution mm. where kids and adolescents and, and young adults even who who are struggling can kind of community build together and mm. and um find solutions and therapize their kind of issues that they're going through as well i just think that you know even if these people there is accountability as Eden just said so important so like really important and intrinsic to what happens and murder is a serious thing mm. but how prison locking someone in a cell really like yeah we're working for walmart in prison like really like really like come on now like it does is that really going to help and and so, so i always say this like in western in the west specifically and, and the wider kind of world because of the repercussions of the west it's operating exactly as it wants to mm. it wants repeat offenders it wants people who are going to be you know 
projected criminals that in the American kind of police system, there are people that statistically it gets so convoluted. They project as going to be future criminals. Let's get them out of the schools. Yeah. Let's throw them on the streets and watch them from our cars, every da 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 whatever. And then monitor them under surveillance mechanics, what they say, what they do, how they move, who they move yeah. with and use them as informants, almost like an inadvertent informants to get the bigger criminals yeah. and then get them imprisoned by, you know, even court fees. Like if you get sentenced to court, like put in court and even if your case is wrongly proven you still gotta pay court fees like yep. in america it gets like and then you're a criminal if you can't pay them because of like charges and yep. like failure to do it's so it's a minefield and it's working so intentionally yeah. to to criminalize black women and men and to to indoctrinate us to be criminals continually and and not give us resources to kind of empower ourselves and just live we just want to live bro we're not even asking to be jeff bezos or anything we just want to live yeah without exactly. without without these pressures without mm. getting anxiety when we hear a police siren without like feeling like oh my god i'm about to get because i've seen people wrongly arrested like that mm. is ptsd for me like i've seen people literally get thrown to the ground watch that whole situation in case it gets spicy and then spicy in terms of like i need to film shit mm. and then literally like that two minutes later oh like no that put the person's in hackney or like whatever and it's just like what the fuck does that do to the person who's just got arrested in front of hundreds of people yeah who's literally been slammed to the ground and has like scars on their face now or like cuts and then has to phone their mum and dad and be like look look what happened like you know what i mean it's just like i don't know this is it's prison isn't the right mechanic as i mean eden agree on and mm. it's like we do need to deal with these issues but it's like it's again it's the crabs in a barrel thing like people say oh my god crabs in a barrel but who created the barrel mm. and it's just like you know like crime and punishment needs to be but who created the crimes mm -hmm. or who created the environments for the higher probability for the crimes to take place yeah you know and it's just like surveillance isn't the way surveillance in that way isn't the way anyway like punishing lyrics it's surveillance in a way not even surveillance but like what pe like intentionally watching out for people and like trying to create solutions that benefit the most amount of people for the right reasons and that, that don't punish people to the point which they can't rehabilitate themselves into society mm. and get the tools to kind of grow as a person and grow out of their circumstance yeah that's that's where it is but i don't know i think bobby's a great person i love his attitude and mm. he didn't have to to be honest even with bobby like reacting this way like being really happy really smiley he didn't have to react that way mm. he could have been traumatized he probably is still traumatized probably in therapy right now like do you know what i mean he probably is traumatized but it's like him choosing that joy isn't something that ha isn't something that is always going to happen coming yeah. out of prison can look ugly because of the mm -hmm. conditions to which prison puts you through so i'm happy i'm so happy that he is able to be in this mindset and i really applaud him for that mm -hmm. but it's an indictment on the rest of society into how they've treated him and how they continue to treat black men and women yeah. who do certain genres and have cr have actually committed crimes but you don't address what led to that crime yeah and it's just like it's, it's ugly but yeah 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 you mentioned something that actually reminded me of the book again so um race and technology by ruha benjamin oh my like, god i'm reading that right now literally. are you yeah i'm reading that right now oh you know i mentioned it before <laughs> no but, but is it yeah yeah yeah. but is it like it's just because i'm reading it like right now i'm just like oh my god yeah but yeah, yeah it's no. a great book but you see the way that the world works is really weird but yeah. she she mentions the fact that um you know some children 
there's an algorithm out there that's used by the police that yep. um, essentially uses location and who you associate with. So maybe your father's been in prison or maybe um, you've got a cousin who's been in prison and it kind of tries to assume or it assumes that in the future you will commit a crime. And um, as a result of that, those areas are heavily surveillanced in comparison to certain other areas. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's very racialized. That's very kind of because, you know, you can be a white person who has a father who's committed a crime. But because you live in an environment or you live in a community that might not have, you know, so many people that have committed the crime, you won't get the same type of surveillance. And that is just insane when you think about it. Like um, <clears throat> there's a video that's going viral on um youtube but also i think around social media as well i don't use those so i don't really know but um so nico omalana um pulled a prank on the head of the kkk in america oh yeah i saw that and whilst it's hilarious and you know i think what he's done is amazing and i i really enjoyed the way it was filmed and everything there was a comment that was made by um the head of the kkk about um how white people like white supremacists think about restructuring society that i just found really interesting like he said that he has compassion for a black mother this is the head of the kkk like he said he never wants to see harm come to a black child and he has compassion for a black mother that um has a son who's um you know selling drugs and you know might get hit by a dri drive-by and he said that he genuinely believes if his guys or like white people were in power instead of like he said the loony like democrat people that are in there right now i'm paraphrasing by the way just yeah. to say but he said if they were in power he feels like black people would be a lot more safe from themselves and i was just there like wow you really believe this you really believe scary that scary. um you believe that like white people like white supremacists who oppress black people through systems of control are protecting them from themselves. And that's a very interesting way of looking at things. Yeah, it's um, a savior complex. It is a savior complex. It's it's a very weird way of looking at things because um, the, the way they would do it would ca cause harm to black people. So it's very interesting and, you know... Um, very scary vibes. Like, very scary. Like, the cake... Yeah, I just can't... Like, <laughs> like literally, like, insanity. But yeah. I guess if you're told you're the, you're the ruling class of humanity, like, I guess it's going to have some ramifications, isn't it? Like, mm. people are going to think they... I'm not, like, humanising them or, like, literally saying, oh, my God, like, it's... I get it, but it's like it, it just factually is. If you're told for decades, you're you're born not even to think about um, having systemic disadvantages based on color. Mm -hmm. Like you are gonna think, oh my god, maybe they've got an issue with themselves. Like maybe no, but they are, they are actually bred to think that they no, think that's what I'm saying. They are literally like that. Like oh, you know, yeah, they th yeah. They think they're oppressed, but they, they, they have a great calling to be the superior <laughs> race.
it's given it's given Starlin or Hitler, yeah like, one, <laughs> like both of them in yeah. some ways but Aryan race Hitler yeah Aryan race is given that like yeah. it's I don't know man like I just honestly Eden like I'm, this is really dark but I, you know how I am sometimes mm. but like I'm just waiting for this earth. I'm finished with it. Like, I'm actually finished Nick, with it. Like, obviously, Nick. I'm prioritising joy. <laughs> obviously, like, you wrote tea in the park. We're prioritising joy, holidays, you know, doing what we want to do. But honestly, like, these, though, them, that people, that group of people and white supremacy, it's, it's already, the planet is, is finished. Like, they're going to, they're going to finish it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know when, but maybe, hopefully, we've lived our life by then. Mm-hmm. But, boy they really are doing a number on the world right now in terms mm. of environmentalism in terms of this kind of things like you know systemic oppression um and just in terms of thinking they're right all the time like you're not your ideology isn't right like mm-hmm. it, it just factually isn't right like the world is suffering because of you guys like i just mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know if people people certain of you i know some of you are white listening to this podcast if you're offended just just swallow the ego swallow it Mm. all and just know that i'm talking about an ideology i'm talking about an ideology like literally people who still believe in that ideology even black people certain black people believe in this ideology um but you're destroying the world you are i'm sorry Mm. sorry to tell you if you like it it just is what it is but that book is incredible what you the linkages that you made just now like the data like it was surreal to me as well when i read it yeah it's a great she's but amazing she's released a new book as well which i'm I'm actually gonna what's buy it called? what's it about uh so the new book is called viral justice how we how we grow the world we want so i'm intrigued oh, to shit. read that see what she's nice. talking about um, that sounds good that sounds really good yeah Ruha benjamin's amazing she's mm. incredible and yeah, I, I, I recommend her to a lot of people who are interested in technology, but also um, how, because we're in a more technological world, I feel like a lot of our conversations about society are going to have to be tech-based. Um, oh, 100%. And I just I just love her voice and the way she kind of talks about what she is educated in. And I just feel like she is going to be such a pivotal voice in, you know, um, mm. black movements moving forward. Um, yeah, so I would I definitely say check out Ruha Benjamin if you can. So it's R-U-H-A Benjamin. Um, so yeah. Um, let's move to the next topic because i got a pack. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we, we always say we're going to do a quick one and it just ends up. Yeah. We have so much to talk about. But um, this is a nice one, a quick UK. Um, and it's incredible. It's because we missed last week as well. So we would have talked about it last week. But yeah, this is really incredible like i'm really happy for this person but nux has landed his first uk top five album with alpha place now i just want to make the misnomer that it's actually a project um but obviously this is the album's chart because it's it's just like eden said on spotify classification all of that it is technically classed as a a body of work which is an album on the charts Mm. so he is at number three or was at number three um and yeah, he beat out Jack Harlow's album, um, ironically, to that place. Um, and yeah, like, he's just doing really incredible work. So this is Alpha Place. Um, features Stormzy, features SL, Millions, Young's, Teflon, and more. Shady Universe, again, like, as Eden said earlier, she's doing her great feature rounds. She's on this as well. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I'm really proud of him. Top five album, number three. 
number three like it's incredible and he's independent like he was signed to island records but he's independent been independent for i think the last two or so years um and was independent at the start of his career as well um Narx literally remember doing one of his first interviews like for this blog i was at, at the time um it's been a long seven years but he's done so much in that time and he's been active for more than seven years but my first introduction to him was seven years ago and it's just gone by so fast um i'm so proud of him like he that scene that quote-unquote we don't want to call them that but the alternative kind of camp incredible like they've just strength to strength and i think they are the proof of the long game you know i think little sims headed that up she's not quite in the same graft as like a nux or whatever but i think she makes kind of music that supersedes some of the mainstream music over here too and she had her success last year and i think koji just had his success you know top 15 album and then nux comes in and, and tops that and does even better like top five i think there's a movement happening right now and i just want it to continue um and this is success that you know two years ago on this podcast i don't think we could have even imagined it to be mm. honest with you i just don't even think we would have like i literally before this year i just i just wouldn't have imagined it like i i mean i would but it would have taken longer for in my head but i don't know what it is but the communities of fans are just coming together and these artists are having really good weeks you know release weeks and really building um and going across the country because Nux went to Manchester he went to Nottingham Koji did the same thing Liverpool Manchester um outside of London and they're really cultivating their fan bases it reminds me weirdly enough of J. Cole what he would do in the beginning like just performing at those stages like wherever they were opening for whoever the fuck it was like and just getting your name out there and I think I, I'm speechless like honestly when I saw the pre um the midweeks sorry when he was like heading for number five or whatever I was like oh my god like what the hell is going on and I think this is just but also exactly because Nux has been in the conversation with Wretch he's been in the conversation with Stormzy he's been in the conversation with um Akala like he's been on songs with Swindle like he's he's done his work like and he's known as the lyricist like he is known as the lyricist um so I think he's done incredible work him moving into fashion him modeling more for high-end you know fashion brands now i think again this is what i was talking about earlier in the uk really elevating your profile into what are you interested in like outside of music as well like he's interested in fashion he, he wants to continue in fashion so i i love nux i love his aesthetic i love his music i love what he represents i love how humble he is he just does the work and gets on with it and I love how he's open. And I think as an artist over here, especially, you have to be, just be open to trying different methods and different things. Um, I'm not saying compromise your music, but just trying, just evolving your proposition. So I think he's done that really well. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him. Like, honestly, really, it's a big win. It's a huge win that I'll remember for, for, for the longest time because I think it opens, it, Koji kicked the door. He gave it a bit of a, a opening. I think... Narx has just flung it open and said, this is what will possible. This is what's possible. This is what's possible when you literally stay true to who you are, consistency, graft, 
you know, all of that. But also he's just showing or or he's having to be that example that the future generations will benefit from of we did we shouldn't have had to do this hard work, but I'm gonna do it anyway, kind of thing. But um yeah, I'm just happy. Um, I think it's great to see that he stuck to his guns when it came to the music that he makes because I think it's very easy to fall into traps. Um, and when I say traps, I mean what everyone's listening to. Um, I didn't feel like this was an album that was swallowed by the hype of drill and samples at the moment. It was really um, something about, you know, sticking to what he wants to make. And it came through very authentic. It came through as him talking about, um, you know, it's it's an album that has like a continual theme about a rumor going around about someone called Leon. And I just loved the way it felt quite communal in that feel. Um, it felt like um, he was really trying to keep it at its roots and remind people where he came from and that he hasn't changed. Um, so I'm really enjoying the fact that the music has just really communicated what he really feels. And it isn't one of those drops that feels like it's just, you know, let me release a banger and make sure I chart at this position. I feel like it's really a body of work that um, shows who Nux is as an artist and why his fan base is so loyal to him as well. Um, so I enjoyed it and I'm glad it, it went to number three. Um, I think that in the UK, we're going through a situation where a lot more, um, I want to say underground artists are starting to come up now. So I'm thinking of Nux, for example. Um, I'm thinking of, who else can we use as an example? Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of a lot of artists, but Koji. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking Koji, but he's not really underground. So you don't think he's like? I think he hasn't really had like mainstream success, like for until now. Like in terms of like, I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay him. I think in tours, he's able to like do really well, like and always consistently like sell out. But I think mainstream wise, this album that he just released, I think that's been his highest charting position. Hmm. Yeah, no. But I know yeah. what you mean. I know what you. I know what you're saying. He's. Been, I, I know what you mean. I think in terms of you know, it's actually works in his favor probably because he gives off an aura of someone who's already made it. Yeah. But I get what you mean. He is technically an underground artist because he hasn't had the albums that have charted in those positions. But I think it's because I listened to Koji when um he was like making push crayons and stuff yeah. like that as yeah, a brand yeah. and um he's been around for quite a while. Actually, Nux has been around for quite a while as well. To be fair, so. Um, I guess you could call them, you could call um, Koji Underground. I think you're right. Um, but we're going through a situation right now where there's a lot more voices that are being heard um, from the underground. And I'm just excited to see what comes out. Um, I want more music like this. I want kind of less of the samples of 2000 um, R&B um, used sloppily because there's no, there's no issue with when it's good. But yeah, I will always yeah, talk yeah. about how I didn't really like Baby by H. I did not think that was a good song at all. I think the sample on that was very, Ugh, very lazy. If one more person mentions that song, like literally pathetic. Like, it's I'm very sorry, lazy. Pathetic. Like, I'm sorry, H is better than that. Like, yeah, 100%. Like, 100%. It's shit. It's shit. I don't even want to play the album. Do what you got to do. Like, it's shit. If, 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 if it has some even more of this, like, just throw it in the bin for me. I'm sorry, but I'm not the, playing it. The thing is, yeah, I will always say this. I like H. I yeah, like his music. Talented. H makes great music. But, like, that baby song is awful. And I know who it's for. <laughs> That's the thing. I know who it's for. It's not good. It's for Ibiza, mate. It's for Ibiza. <laughs> exactly. But what I will say... 
Just Cause with Giggs, that song is so fire. It is ridiculous. The whoever produced that and little knocks on that beat, yeah. Shout out to actually, let me let me find out who does it because we don't shout out producers enough. One second credits there is. YJ, yeah. Shout out YJ and shout out Little Tech or Lee Tech because whoever produced that, you produced a banger. Cool, and dude. um, when the album comes out, I hope that's the song that blows up and not Baby because Baby is awful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that's yeah. my thoughts. Shout out Nux, you're incredible. And um, looking forward to more music. Oh, Kit Cardiata. That's the other person that's on the ground that I was thinking of. That I can put a name oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah there's, there's loads. And we've in, we interviewed him, by the way. So if you want to listen to our conversation. If I'm honest, I was not good in that episode. <laughs> oh, my God. It wasn't that <laughs> Me and Shafe both think we didn't like, yeah, that episode. Cardiata was great. But we weren't great in that episode. But we did interview him <laughs> two years ago. No, three years ago. Yeah, three years ago we interviewed nuts. him. So check it out Actually if you want. Nuts. Um but yeah, those are my thoughts. That's it, guys. We've had a really comprehensive episode, I think, about, you know, we've had great listens and I think we're pre-calling to the Kendrick conversation, which we'll have. Um yeah, I think we've given great like analysis of Jack, which will be interesting to kind of see how he does. The news, I think Drill, really important right now, what's going on, because Drill is becoming mainstream and is mainstream now. Um, and then obviously we just discussed the UK win, which continues to happen. We're continuing to see mass success. Um, speaking of UK, I'm actually meant to be listening to Mahalia's project this week. Um, I know Eden probably will be as well. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll come back with thoughts on that. But Eden will not be on next week's episode because he's travelling. So yep. really excited for him to take a break. He deserves it. Um, and yeah, hopefully he has fun in Portugal, which he's going to tomorrow. So yep. that'll be really exciting. Literally. Okay, guys, if you're flying, just to let you know, because I've gone through a lot, make sure you have your COVID passport. If you don't have your COVID passport, yes, don't antigen. fret. Get an antigen test because I've, I'm double vaccinated. But at the same time, I don't have my COVID passport. I fly tomorrow. I need to get an antigen test. So if you're flying anytime soon, just do that, please, um, because it's stressful. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going to end it there because, you know, got a pack. But um, like we said, shout out to everyone who listens to the podcast. Thank you for the love always and the patience. We received a lot of love last week when we said we we're going to take a break. So it's great to know that we have people who listen to us and, you know, respect the fact that sometimes we're just going to be not in a space of making an episode. So thank you for your patience. Thank you for the love as always. Um, in the time that I'm away, please make sure that you look after your mental health and look after yourself. And we're going to end it there for today. So guys, enjoy the rest of your week and peace. Peace.